Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza joining you moments after West Virginia is beaten soundly. I'm trying to think of the right word here, Chris Anderson, to fill in the blanks to describe a 31 to 14 win. Extinguish comes to mind. Iowa State's offense, as we've discussed, not very good. Ends up with a high point total against the FBS program, an FBS program, and gets a 21-point quarter for the first time this year. That all happens against a West Virginia team that tried not to bend, did bend, tried not to bend too much. And then the fourth quarter is pretty much an encapsulation of a lot of frustrations. And I say that having watched another pretty fruitless first quarter and first half performance by a team that has been dogged by them this season and vowed to be better. Was not, and I don't know how we start this. I don't know how we finish this. I don't know how we fill this without discussing the obvious right now, which is that, boy, if he wasn't before, Neil Brown is in the jungle now. Yeah, some, we keep talking about how it's it's not so much the final win-loss. I mean, that is obviously a big one, but as it's going on and you start discussing in-season and mid-season decisions about about coaches and their futures. Um, you need to have a, a feel for what it's like in the program, what's going on, watch the game by game, see how things change. Are things getting better? Are they getting worse? What are the attitudes of the players? And today there were about 18 flashing red neon signs indicating there was trouble, that there were a lot of mental mistakes there were a lot of physical mistakes. There was a lot of effort problems uh, out there. Um, again, you go from swinging wildly between what what the problem is with this team. All of a sudden, it's the the defense. The defense played winning winning football for three quarters. Absolutely. And the offense was non-existent. Absolutely, completely non-existent in this game. When when they were given so many opportunities, and, and yes, Iowa State's defense is good, but watch go back and watch and so many of these mistakes are self-inflicted so many of these are are just the offense is just not working and and we'll get into more detail about that in a minute but it just in in general too many issues effort is going the wrong way attitudes going the wrong way and, and you know you're seeing it continue to go spiral the wrong direction and i think yeah you, you know you're getting to the point where it you how long how much longer can you wait I go back to Tuesday and Neil Brown saying that the slow starts were problematic. He has tried to defend the way his team has started games. Oh, got a touchdown on the first drive against Baylor. Did. 
also trailed by 10 and got bailed out by a defense and maybe a backup quarterback. If you look at the road games this year, you're talking six points in the first quarter of five road games. Six, Chris. Um, first quarter for the entire season, entering today against the FBS, 4.9 points. These are problems. These are problems. And when you are a program that is not generating generating enthusiasm, when you cannot summon a spark, that's a really bad sign. And the problems that you have, first quarter futility, are very, very hard to escape from. So I go to Brown's news conference on Tuesday. I remember what he says. There are things we can do as coaches to change their fortunes in the first quarter, the first half. Chris, what was different today? Did you see a reverse? Did you see a flea flicker? Did you see more screens? Did you see fewer screens? Did you see anything that if you had superimposed the first eight games of the season over the first quarter today would have stood out, made you sit up in in your chair and say, they did it. They actually engineered a change. They have a chance to be different today because I did not. No, absolutely not. It was the same offense. It was the same handful of plays that you see. And again, when people hear that, that odds, it's the same handful of plays. That is how a lot of offenses work is where you have the, not a handful, it's a, it's a few handfuls, but then more plays branch off of those handful of plays. And West Virginia's offense doesn't seem to branch. It, it, it doesn't, it, it just kind of stays the same and it sticks with those same handful of plays. It doesn't deviate to the second, the third option. Um, it, it, it never got spiced up and eventually teams catch on to that. And, and again, I think we were talking about it even back as far as the Baylor game. Now West Virginia scored 43 points in that game, but a lot of that was because of the defense special teams and then a couple breaks that went their way, but you, you saw it happen. You're like, ah, there's a couple chinks in the armor here for West Virginia's offense. Like they are having some issues with this offense and kind of, I don't want to say they got lucky, but that, yeah. And then it happened again the next game, and it got worse. And then the second half completely fell apart against TCU. Um, and then here it is again today. And it's a lot of the same issues on offense that they're just not able to execute, and they're running the same stuff over and over again. There was a point today in the fourth quarter deep on in the game where West Virginia had seven first downs. West Virginia was one of the best offenses in the country at first downs per game. Seven first downs and seven three and outs. You did not do your homework. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, if those are your numbers in the third, excuse me, in the fourth quarter of the ninth game. Um, that's bad. It's just bad football. Um, I don't know how else you can get across that. Did not get into the red zone until the final 90 seconds of the game. Long drives were going to be important. You were not going to have splash plays against them. They had one, uh, and it's a touchdown. Kudos. 76 rushing yards, 200 yards of total offense. JT Daniels, 8 for 22 for 81 yards. You're talking fewer than four yards in attempt and 10 yards a completion. Against a good defense, I understand that. They tried. They tried to test it. They tried to stretch it side to side, vertically. It just didn't work. Nothing worked. There was there were plans, but nothing ever got traction to where plans become a plan or numerous plans become a confined number of plans. And maybe you follow a few of them toward maybe the red zone, right? Or past midfield, perhaps. Who knows? This didn't work. 200 yards of offense. I want to say it's vintage Iowa State defense. Maybe it is, but... Um, boy, an offense that had looked so good for swathes of the season has not looked good lately, and, and it's going poorly here. Um, to the point, though, Chris, you, you are now 3-6. and six. You have two home games coming that is going to almost guarantee you, I would say, embarrassing attendance, if that's too strong of a word. 
Let's see what it is on Saturday of next week. But it's going to be against an Oklahoma team that just frankly does not generate a lot of enthusiasm among fans right now. And then a Kansas State team that is good, but people aren't changing their plans for a 3-7 and seven team or a 4-6 and six team to come and see Kansas State. Um, I don't know that there isn't a coaching change tonight or tomorrow, just to be frank with you. Um, I think that you can make an argument that at the end of the season it could happen now in a 3-6. and six, I don't think you're being bold with that. But when you look at the the way things are right now and how they have gotten worse, back-to-back home games, perhaps you can salvage some recruiting. Perhaps you can show people you care about the program who maybe are aiming arrows at you right now because they perceive that you do not. Maybe they're worried that you're going to let this go for another year. I don't know. There are a lot of people who have a lot more at stake and a greater voice in that regard to supporting the program than I do. But when you look around and and you see the scale and you see the tilt right now, it, it just makes it seem like it's very hard to convince yourself to continue and if you're not going to continue when you have a seventh loss, if that's seven days away, why wait? If you're not going to continue at the end of the season and that is three weeks away, why wait? Um, I'd be checking the flight manifest coming out of Iowa today. <laughs> I don't know if he gets tarmacked. I don't know if he gets called in the office on Sunday. I just don't know. But in the nothing surprises me world of college sports, it would not surprise me if there were some sort of news in the next 24 hours. I agree with everything you just said. I think there are, it again, a month ago, like I know some people are going to say, hey, like it was only like three, four weeks ago that you guys are saying, hey, just give it, you know, a couple more weeks because it'll happen when it happens. You know, I think we all have been discussing this for three weeks now, four weeks now, maybe longer, but there is a difference between firing somebody with three weeks left and eight weeks left in the season. Um, now that you're at this point, the, sa- the the fate is sealed, more or less, I think, as far as what this team is. Um, you know, are they going to go 3-0 and down the stretch and end up at 6-6? Six and six? Highly doubtful. And even if they do, even so if they what? end up 6-6, six and six, mm-hmm. exactly, so what? Like, what is Who that going to say to people? Yeah. Right. And so I, I think, you know, I'm with you. I, I don't see the reason in carrying it out any longer. Um, we have been alluding to it since the Texas Tech game. I think that was, again, it's been in discussions before that, but the, the way they lost the Texas Tech kind of made the uh, expedited the timeline, I guess, is, is how you want to phrase it. But it, it ruffled a lot of feathers. And then TCU, yeah, they played it tight against the top 10 team. There's nothing to be ashamed of with that, but it's just another loss as far as the, the grand scheme of things. And then you go out today and put up this dud. That's two duds in three weeks. And and I just don't think, you know, that's, I just don't think that's survivable. I've had people tell me it just can't happen quickly. There are I's to dot and T's to cross. There are laces to loop. Whatever you want to say, there it's just it's not as easy a thing as saying, "Hey, we dropped the guillotine today. We'll get back to you on the details." No, you're talking significant severance, a lot of details that are involved. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be anything outlandish. This is not the first time this has come up uh, behind closed doors. Uh, this has been kicked around and talked about. To where, to what end, don't know. But the existence of those conversations suggests to me that there was some end game in some of that conversation so i don't know how far away they are from the finish line um and again it's it's difficult to take things away from a team 
or from a coach when there is still something to play for. But in your fourth year, you're playing for the chance to be on like a December 22nd bowl game against a Conference USA team. And I mean, I don't, I don't know what the the outcomes and the realities are out there, but I don't know that that's really firing anybody up. And then if you're going, here's the, here's the, you know, in the devil in the details sense, Chris, what gives you your best chance to go three and zero? Is it to make a change? Like if you owe people something, you owe your your team, you owe your staff, whatever, something. Let us please try to make it to six wins into a bowl game and accomplish something. Give us a chance to run the table. Fine. Who's us? You know, who's steering the ship? I don't know. That's I mean, that's it's more than one direction a conversation like this takes. You have to consider a lot of it. But I think no matter how many turns and detours you take, you you end up on the same road here. And it more and more it's becoming difficult to find a way around this, especially when you look at Listen, I understand Iowa State's got a very good coach and staff, and their defense is what it is and has been for a while. It's an 0-5 team in the Big 12 that could not find a way to win games and did not have to find a way to win a, good, a close game today. Um, a 21-7 spread in the fourth quarter, and it's really that last touchdown doesn't really matter so much. I know it's a good moment for Garrett Green, who we can get to in a second. I promise you I have some thoughts on that, but... Style points matter sometimes, and, and when you're getting boat raced uh, on the road against a team that hasn't been offensive and is putting up points at the end because they're finishing strong, and your team is now, you know, <laughs> you have to do something you've never done. You've never won three in a row as a head coach at West Virginia just to be 6-6. Six and six. I just don't know that you get that opportunity. I mean, again, nothing would surprise me, and that includes letting him finish out the season, but that also includes some sort of an early separation, too. So let's go to the quarterback. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to give you your moment for for the, the, the discussion, but to throw it out there, leading into this game, there were 14 quarterbacks in the Big 12 Conference who have attempted at least 50 passes this season. JT Daniels ranked 12th, 12th in yards per attempt, indicating obviously that, you know, that this is not yards per completion, Yards per attempt, like just not throwing the ball downfield at all. And then today, and that was 6.7 yards, 12th out of 14 teams. And then today, 22 attempts, 81 yards. Uh, Math ain't great on that, but it's less than four. So it's going to get worse. And that offense is just, it's not moving forward. And some of the things today that we talked about this offense, and yes, it was, it was dull. It was predictable. But there were also guys open. Like I'm not, I'm not defending the play calling right now. I'm not defending the coaching staffs. But I'm pointing out that there was a play. For instance, I think it was third and four, or maybe second and four. And Sam James did a five yard hitch, turned around. He was wide open. He was past the sticks. JT Daniels threw it. The timing was right. He threw it right when he was supposed to, and short hopped him by five yards with no pressure, no nothing. Another play, I think it was James again on on a slant route over the middle, wide open. He catches it and could be running all the way to the end zone, and Daniels throws it five yards behind him. It, these are not, you know, in the window, you know, pl- pass plays 30 yards downfield with a hand in your face. These are the most basic throws that you just kind of step out on the field and throw 100 times in a day, and you're not making them. And... That's not on play calling. That's not on offensive coordinator. That's on the quarterback. And today was just not his day. Like, again, we've been talking in, for weeks now, like, you know, the first, what, six games, seven games, 
was he was solid. He hadn't won a game for West Virginia, but he'd been solid every single week. And then he kind of took a step back and then another step back. And then this was just a disaster of a day for him right now. And I, you bring him in and we, we, I guess we don't need to rehash this or rub it in or anything, but you bring him in because he's supposed to be the guy that uh, is going to take you to 10 wins. You know, when you go get a five-star transfer like this, this is to take you from good to great or great to contender. Not from sub-500 to still sub-500. And, and you're now waste, not wasting, but, you, you know, this is an entire year where you could be developing another quarterback. So this is just a a misfire, a misunderstanding. I'm not, you know, this isn't all on Daniels. Like, again, he's been fine. But this is a misunderstanding of where your team was, what it could be, and what Daniels could help it do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've had a lot of people ask him if he's healthy because the the spin on his balls, the zip on his passes has not has not resembled what it did early in the season. I'll be honest with you, Chris. Um, I don't remember a hit in a game where I was like, oh, gosh. And like not only that, but like he's been hit a couple of times. Don't get me wrong. I mean, more than a couple. But there's going to be moments where a guy gets popped. You're like, man, let's keep an eye on that. I wonder. And I never really remember like a bang bang where. The first bang is is him getting hit, and the second bang is you know some some goose, geese, mm-hmm. uh, some ducks. How about that? Where the ball doesn't look good, and it's coming out weird, and he's not you know he's not throwing to the field, he's throwing to the short side, he's not going deep, he's checking down. I just don't remember that. And honestly, I think anybody who's watching owes him the question, rather than to assume or presume anything. And that's very easily done. The head coach, who knows, they're not going to come out and say, yeah, he's been hurt, but like there may be a time and a place for that. Second quarter today. I was wondering if they would pull him. And he is not the problem on offense. The offense has problems. Direction, guidance, players. And we can get into some of that, too, about just effort stuff, too, that looks strange. You know, I I thought there were moments where they could have done some things they didn't. I thought there were moments where there might have been lessons learned that were displayed in the field, and there wasn't. It's not just one thing. Rarely does one apple in the bushel go bad, right? A lot of them go bad. So I was just thinking, if you want to get a jolt to your offense and to wake people up, make a change. Make everybody go, wait a minute. Green's in. Crowder's in. Marquio's in. I don't know who. Somebody's in. I got to play a little better. I got to block better. I got to run harder. I got to be more sharp in my routes. And that is one of those things where tides lift boats. And if the team doesn't have it, then fine. If, the, if one or two drives doesn't do it, put Daniels back in because he gives you the best chance. Because the other guys did not respond to the change. And then you start to understand who the problem is then, right? Maybe it's not the quarterback, but at least, you know, and there was none of that. And then when, when I believe green came in, in the second quarter with Daniels on the field, it's a run right in the middle. And I, I don't know if he's gun shy from the way he's been coached and, and spoken about in the past, what, two plus seasons. I don't know if he just has to run the plays. I don't know if that was there or the most, but like you have someone who's different and, do you just completely change the offense with him, or can he fit in? I, I don't want to project his full drive, 
at the end of the game into anything because he was playing against a very soft coverage, and I don't even know how many of the regulars were out there for Iowa State at that point. I'm with ball, you. And The ball moved, you know. I mean, the ball went in. The ball moved. And it, is it not there for him in other situations? I don't know, but if there it, – it's it, – boy, I mean, you talk about a break glass moment for a head coach. You're three and five on the road, and you pull JT Daniels. What are you doing? You've lost control. Well, who cares if that's the best decision? And was it considered? Probably. It's certainly worth the question. Was it exercise? It was not. I'm with you. Uh, again, this is not something wild or different or any of that of what I or we have said in the past because I have been a very large proponent of if someone is not getting the job done or a side of the ball is not getting the job done and a certain type of, you know, like the passing game or whatever, make changes, see what happens. And we, I, cause I applauded the coaching staff for trying it on defense. I mean, it hasn't produced the best results and some of it has been kind of forced upon them because of injuries and whatnot, but they made changes. They tried different guys on defense. They tried different guys at, at different spots. They went to the young guys said, you're not getting the job done. Let's try this. They moved positions. They changed multiple players in different positions just mm-hmm. to try anything. And on offense, as it's floundered and floundered and floundered the last couple of weeks, it's just been like, well, what can you do? And that was that. Like, you could do something because it's it's going the wrong direction and it continues to go the wrong direction and nothing's changing. The plays aren't changing. The, the personnel's not changing and, and the attitude's not changing. So if you're expecting different results, you know, whatever that old Albert Einstein saying is, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. No, I said this, you're you're kicking around the idea of pulling Daniels, and I said, like, he's not the problem. He goes down into a touchdown drive pretty much right after I sent that to you. I wonder if they'll change him. <laughs> no, touchdown, fine. But this didn't happen in the second half, and, you know, it, it was – I don't want to say it was a weird touchdown, but it's a 50-50 ball that it wasn't some grand design. It wasn't a terrific throw, but it worked. It got him within a 10-7. And I really thought that West Virginia was in a good spot because their defense was playing well. Um, Iowa State's offense is Iowa State's offense, and it just didn't matter. Uh, the fourth quarter, listen, if, if it does happen and, and there is a coaching change at some point, I don't know how we're not in the first couple of paragraphs of a story, the first couple of minutes of a podcast, whatever, talking about the fourth quarter because there's marquee mistakes that shouldn't happen. I mean, the rough end of the punter, I mean, that's that's something that happens to a coach who's in trouble. You know, Iowa State, three block punts this season. I understand you want to go for it and try to get it, and you got to make something happen, but Reese Smith was the punt returner for a long time. How many times has he been on pump block? I don't know. And that, and, that follows and, Smith. And down three when your defense is playing well. Very like well. Why go ball. get it, you know? Right. Um, you're not down 10. It's not like a minute left. But I understand the idea. But maybe he just got over skis. I don't know. How many times has he been on pump block? Don't know. Wasn't on the punt team last week. And before that, he'd been the punt returner. And he was replaced by Preston Box, right? So I'm not sure how long he's been on the punt block team. The Raleigh Collins is your spear. Has a chance to get off the field. Missed tackle, first down. Um, I mean, just I mean, there's more, I'm sure. Oh, the you know, and this is another one too. Daniels hit from behind. The fall, the ball flutters forward. It's the same play as last week when West Virginia got caught standing around and TCU recovered it. This time, the same thing happens. I I don't. I'm not at practice. I cannot imagine that play wasn't coached. So shame on the coaches if it wasn't coached, right? And if it was coached and the offense stood around again and let a safety return it, I forget, 30-some yards, 
against an, like, uh, the, the, the return wasn't set up. It wasn't like a seal here and a seal here. He just picked his spots and, and found, you know, crimson jerseys he could run behind. And there wasn't a lot of resistance from West Virginia. They either weren't ready for that or they didn't care. And, or they weren't aware. I don't know. And that, that just, that's a bad look. The fourth quarter just, it looked bad. And if you're, if you have a recency bias, it's kind of hard to blame you at that point. And there was another, there was a couple of things. Again, these are all things that, that, you know, effort and mental stuff. And it was the fourth quarter, Garrett Green's in at quarterback, and they run a combo route on the left-hand side. Uh, Bram on the outside. I think it was Reese Smith on the inside. And it's pretty standard. Like, this is not, you know, anything that anybody, nobody's seen before. But the outside receiver is on a go route. The inside receiver is on an out route. And it's supposed to be timed so that, as Ree Smith, the inside receiver, is catching the out route, the outside receiver who's on the go route starts blocking. So that way it's not, you know, uh, pass interference in the offense, not a pick play, and you're blocking after he catches it. But you really try to time it so it's all at the same time. But I'm not sure that's – I think that's what Bram was running, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's what anybody else was running because Smith didn't really go outside – and Green threw it to Bram, who wasn't looking and just started blocking a defensive back. And the ball skipped and bounced and went into actually Neil Brown's hands, yeah. who then started screaming at Bram, you know, threw the ball back on the field. And, like, it's just how many mental mistakes can you have in a year and why are there so many mental mistakes? Um, again, it's not – this isn't to single out Bram. It's not to single out that one play. It's just – this is another piece. This is another time that it's happened, and it's it's happens on both sides of the ball, all three sides of the ball, and you know the the question is why. I mean, I mean the answer is probably out there. You know, it's probably apparent. It's right there in front of you, and some, some, just use your eyes sometimes. If things look bad, what's it going to be? And the irony, Chris, that you pointed out, that ball lands in Neil Brown's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, you're looking for some sort of a poetic point. That's a pretty good one there. Uh, fourth time in the Neil Brown era that his offense has finished with fewer than 200 yards. It's the second time against Iowa State. So, again, Iowa State's defense is good. Uh, 365 days ago, Chris, 133 yards against Oklahoma State. Um, kind of hard to argue progress there at that point, too. Let's get some of the yeah buts out of the way. Yeah, the offense struggled, but no Tony Mathis, no C.J. Donaldson. I thought Justin Johnson did fine. I mean, they probably had him on a pitch count because he hadn't finished the past two games, and they're just not going to play. They're just not going to play Jalen Anderson and Marquand Rucker. I get it. Never mind what they say on Tuesday. They're just not going to do that stuff. They're really going to only trust the people who have been in games and I would assume um, have passed the test of practices, and I would also assume those two have not, and that's fine. And, and Anderson wasn't great in – the spot action he had last week, so you can only give Johnson so much. Maybe that's a shortcoming, but you had to pass more in the passing offenses. It just wasn't good enough tonight. I mean, you laid out the numbers. That's not good enough. Yeah, but on defense, yeah, but I don't care. Iowa State's offense, it really shouldn't. Missing Lance Dixon and Davis Mallinger and getting a, you know, a recovering Charles Woods. He was fine last week, apparently. Could have had a better day today, I guess. They really got beat up by Xavier Hutchinson. A lot of people do. It's it's kind of hard to write hall passes for this one. No, I mean, they were uh, running, I mean, I guess it's 12 personnel. It's only like 22 personnel. Something like, I mean, it was almost like goal line stand kind of stuff. And just, but basically running 
one receiver, maybe two receiver routes. Like they weren't running four receivers out there that that the secondary was getting confused upon on who's gonna who's the ball is being thrown to. It was one or two receivers running routes, and the ball went to Hutchinson half the time. Like pretty basic. That was about it. And uh, you know, no pick plays, no no rub plays, not too much motion before the snap, just Hutchinson's going to start on the left side. He's going to go five yards and do a soft drag across the middle. Whoop, he's wide open, 15 yards, moving on. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you because I think I might have done a yeah but for the secondary because, again, they're, they had a team out there that was uh, Naeem Muhammad, um, Malachi Ruffin, and Riley Collins. It, that's a walk-on, a walk-on, and a true freshman who – Six months ago, you told, or not six months ago, sorry, that was last summer. So in the last class, you told, hey, we don't think you're good enough to play corner or defensive back at this level. So come here and try out to play linebacker and had a personal one-on-one workout for him to play linebacker because they told him you're not good enough to play defensive back. And now he's starting at defensive back for them as a true freshman. Um, That's a tough spot to be in for all of those guys. And I think Collins played well. I mean, he had his mistakes. You expect it, but oh yeah, uh, you know here you are. They, like you're you're putting you're trotting out two walk-ons and a true freshman that you recruited for another position out there. Can I uh, Neil Brown's fifth season you for a second? No, yeah, because that's what I I want to do a yeah, but but it, again, just nobody's fault with I their just, own. Did you just fifth season me? Yeah, I don't know that they're both walk-ons. To be honest with you, they were. Well, they were. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Um, and Muhammad's a will. Excuse me, Muhammad. Um, Collins is a will. They played him that they wanted him to be a will, give him some spear action and run around and get more reps, but they, they think he's a will. And he's playing yeah. spirits a true freshman. That's tough. I thought Muhammad had a really good game too. And all of a sudden he's one on one against Xavier Hutchinson. And yeah. I thought it was a tight end for a second. Like you and I are chatting. I'm like, well, that's a tight end. He's like, that's, wait a minute. No, that's the guy leading the nation in receptions. How does that happen? Yeah. Strange stuff happens here. Um, Positives probably exist. Um, negatives, I'm sure do. I just, I just don't know how topical that stuff is, and people really want to know what's it going to be. Um, they definitely have a decision to make, and it's, it's maybe not if as much as when right now. It's, it's going to be something that they're going to have to figure out or answer. There, there's definitely going to be questions now, and you got two home games in a row in November. That should be a pretty good deal for you. I mean, imagine if they had said to you in November, "Hey, you got Oklahoma and Kansas State in November." You're probably thinking you're playing high stakes football, and you're not. And that's fine. It happens to half the programs in the country. I understand that. But you're in that right now, and you've been in that way for, for quite some time, and, and how long you're willing to do it. When you can look around and find out that a lot of people are making faster fixes than you have, do you want to reset and maybe take a step back, or do you want to reset and maybe think you can get it right like others have? There are a lot of questions. Um, there are also a lot of answers out there now, too. Yep. And now we wait, I guess. Not you and I, but maybe everybody else can. I'm trying to figure out if I can beat the airplane to the tarmac in Clarksburg just to see if he got, like I said, does he get tarmacked? I don't think so. That'd be cruel, but just to be sure, I don't know, but yeah, lots of phone calls and texts and emails coming. I'm sure. Um, question for you, Chris. Yes. Do I do a three things in the morning? Uh, are, are you, is it my does your three like, things include a three person hot board? What's a hotboard? People haven't asked me about that. What is that? I'm not familiar. Should not I get familiar. one together? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It may just be a basketball three things. I don't know because 
listen, this is the reality now. Like, no one roots for this stuff, and coaching changes suck. They're, they're not fun to cover. Um, and that's just from someone who's involved in it on the periphery. Imagine being involved in that right now. That'd be terrible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's this is not like a, a, a jaded sense of humor thing, but it's it's a tough thing, and I think you just have to be ready because sometimes you just you know it and you've, <laughs> you've seen and heard enough that you kind of know where you're at, where it's going. And so off to work for us, I guess, huh? I suppose so. What's up on the site tomorrow? Uh, possibly, I guess. Depends on what's going on, but yeah, uh, we'll have the report card out from this game. I think I'm doing my basketball preview. It's going to be a little different than years past for uh, what I think is obvious reasons. Because again, it's not, there's just so much turnover. It's like, what am I, what's the point of me doing like an, a whole section on the old guard coming in and, and all this stuff and trying to make predictions? And they still don't even know what's going to happen with the newest transfer from Manhattan. So, We'll see. I will put together some kind of preview. I will make a prediction so that we can all laugh at me later, but it's going to be a little different than years past. And then uh, I guess because I have to or I should, I'll go watch the post game here. Maybe I'll have some coverage on that. But tomorrow is going to be um, fluid, as they say. Yes. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.